0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. Walking with Your Inner Spirit is a six-part podcast series brought to you by Yiska Smith. Six opportunities, practices, and encounters experiencing the divine within. For more digital content or to listen to more of Yiska's podcasts, please visit elmod.pardes.org. Walking with Your Inner Spirit, Episode Three: Knowing How to Observe, Pay Attention to, and Gaze at Your Feelings, the Keys to Your Soul, Hamaftechot LaNishama. Before beginning this episode, however, I realize that I omitted which entries in Bene Tova the first two episodes were based on. Episode 1 was culled from Entry 8, and Episode 2 was inspired by Entry 9. This episode, Episode 3, is mainly drawn from Entry 11, and to a lesser degree from Chapter 4 in Hachsharat HaAvrachim, and Entry 9 in Tzav Veziruz. Two other amazing texts of the P.S. Etzner. Human beings have a multitude of feelings, Habeh <laughs> hagashot, whose opening begins like a drip, weak and slight. When we expand one of them, Narchiv, and draw it to capacity. V'notzi el hafo'el, it flows like a mighty river or a stream of water, whose waters never cease. However, if we fail to expand it, v'im ein machivim, it passes as if it never was created, lost without ever seeing the light of day. A missed opportunity to encounter, to express, and to draw the feeling out. A missed opportunity to engage with a key to one's soul. For example, there are times when a person feels vaguely ill at ease. He is not sure what is troubling him, though. Perhaps he should eat something, or rest, or have a drink of alcohol. And then the feeling disappears just as it came. I ask all of you, when you feel troubled about anything, do you have to wonder if you're hungry? Is that something you're in doubt about? Do you have to check in with you if you're really tired and need a rest? Or if you'd like to have a cocktail, what he's describing here is because the person is not actually, in fact, what the person felt was a tentative probing of the soul, minhoshetet. She desired to be experienced, lehitpael, seeking awareness in the person's expanded consciousness, machshavat But the person didn't know that. So therefore, the person, and this is really all of us he's talking to and about, oh, maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I need to have a snack. Or maybe I need to take a nap. Oh, maybe I'll have a drink. The same is true for fleeting sensations of joy, simcha, and so on. These subtle sensations, Hevrei, are not garbed in physical tire. B'levush gufani. For because a part of the soul was extended, hoshetet, so they are difficult to identify, unless we cultivate the practice of becoming more sensitive to these sensations within us. The person therefore doesn't know how to articulate what it is and what he is feeling inside. This rattling kishkush this pressing, this fluttering pipo of the person's soul. So what does the person do? The person pours himself a drink. He eats, or he does and engages in some other mundane, this worldly task. He does not succeed, though, in really quelling lahashkit from sheket, the spasms of the soul. He simply amplifies the rattling, the ra'ash, and the rumbling, like the thunder, ra'am, of the bodily feelings, hagashot gufo. So the cry of the soul, the kol ha-nefesh, becomes inaudible. So really, what happens here is the opposite of when we engage in a contemplative, meditative, a sit. What we try to do when we sit, begin with focusing, being aware of our breathing, deep inhalations, full exhalations, is to lower the volume of all the noise around us in the everyday world. So then we can tune in, then we can hear the subtleties of the still small voice speaking to us from within. Here though, it's the very opposite instead of lowering the volume, which we do have control over, in order to hear the call de mamadaka, which always speaks softly to us, we raise the volume. We raise the very volume when the soul is probing forth, sprouting forth, daring to try to communicate to us. This is exactly, the PSSna gives as an example, as a mashal, this is what the priests of Moloch did when they burnt a child on the sacrificial flames—a terrible, terrible, horrific idolatrous practice right here in Jerusalem during the times of the first temple. For those who live in Jerusalem or are familiar with Jerusalem, right behind the Jerusalem Cinematheque, as you gaze towards the old city, there's a valley. That valley, actually, in Tanakh. Is called Ge ben Hinom. Hinom is called, that's a word, Hinom Valley. From Ge ben Hinom, we have the Hebrew word Gehenom, which we refer to as hell. And there are references in Vayikra, in Yermiyahu, in Malachim Bet, of the idolatrous practice of child sacrifice that would occur in Ge ben Hinom. So what the uh, PSSna is teaching us here as a mashal is that the priests of, Mo- of Molech, what they would do as the child was, was, oh my gosh, pleading, hamiyat ha-mitchanen. The child was pleading to, the, to his father from the heat of the fire to save him. So what the priests did, they beat on the drums even louder. So the father would not hear his son shrieking, absolutely terrible, terrible. But this is the mashal to understand the nimshal to that which is being compared to when our soul is crying out to us. But she cries softly, and what do we do? We raise the volume. We have a cocktail. We take a nap. We we have a snack in order not to hear her. The bodily sensations thunder so loudly that the quaking of the soul, similar to which is an earthquake, a physical earthquake, there's also a spiritual earthquake occurring here. But what happens is, it passes as not, as a sort of what... The PSS refers to is as a spiritual miscarriage. A missed opportunity that was not birthed. We therefore, we therefore adjure our community in the strongest possible terms. Know how to observe. lehistakel. (inaudible) Yodeya no lehistakel. That is the active word. Whatever transpires, whatever mitrachesh within you and around you, know how to see what it is. Teida ech lehistakel. And this looking, this histaklut, is not a mere seeing of something but a kind of birth by which we midwife and give birth to something which we can then gaze upon, nistakelba. Then we can examine the content and the context of our feeling. We can now give the feeling as we birth it. We can give it a sound. We can give it a color. We can give it a shape. I want to just spend a moment, though, understanding why he compares this to re'iyah, to seeing, which it is not. So, for example, if you're sitting, let's say, in your garden, and all of a sudden you're aware of a bird in your peripheral vision, in your right eye. Oh, you begin to become aware there's a bird that's flying by. And then you see the bird, and then the bird leaves your visual experience And you begin to see it leaving through the left side, your left eye in your peripheral vision. That is what it means to see something. You saw it. It came and it left. The word lehistakel, which is self-reflexive, is after you have seen the bird, you then can close your eyes or you can leave your eyes open and then reflect on it. Oh, the bird flew fast. Oh, the bird was this color or that color. The bird was this size or that size. You can then re-experience the visual. And in a way, what happens as you reflect back on it, with whatever the experience brings up, those feelings that it brings up, the feelings of wonder of creation, amazement at creation, or... Bored by creation, whatever the feelings may be, are all mat'chot, are all keys to the soul. This is the major profound difference between rirot, to see, which there's nothing wrong, by the way, there's nothing wrong with the seeing, but what the P.S.S. is teaching here as a spiritual practice is know how to gaze and self-reflect so I ask the question: why wouldn't we do this? why wouldn't we cultivate this practice? Why does the psna feel compelled to adjure us in the most in the most profound, strong language? Why would he teach this to us? because in fact, well, you may all have your own reasons he believes is One of the reasons is because many of us are afraid. We're afraid of our own feelings. And why would we be afraid of our own feelings? Well, he believes for two main reasons. One, we don't control our feelings. We do control, or we can control what we think about, but we cannot control whatever feelings we become aware of. They are produced. These are all voices of the still small voice within. We cannot control. Just try to force a feeling. It doesn't work. Secondly, at least predominantly more in the Western culture, we make the terrible, terrible mistake. Innocently. (laughs) But we do make a mistake in believing that a feeling actually defines us. So if I feel angry at, in a moment, it must mean I'm an angry person. If I feel grateful at any given moment, it must mean I'm a grateful person. If I'm feeling sad because of a certain circumstance, then I'm a sad person. And so on and so forth. But nothing could be further from the truth. I'm a person created in the image of God. That sometimes feels angry. That sometimes feels grateful. That sometimes feels joyous. That sometimes feels disappointed. My feelings, our feelings, do not define us. So because of these two mistakes we make, one, that we try to run away from our feelings because we don't have control over them and we are afraid that they define us, the Piyasetsna realizes he wants to encourage us. He wants to teach to us. He wants to implore. He wants to adjure in the strongest possible terms. Become more aware. Whatever it is you're feeling. Whatever sensation arises... Shemagish as a haggisha, we must look at it clearly, lehistakel, as an observer, be curious without judgment. We explore, it. we explore it, or we may explore it, we can explore it in depth to see where it leads and what comprises it. We pay attention to our sensations and amplify the subtleties until we are able to gaze at the form. ...of the emotion. What does that mean? To gaze at the form of the emotion. It means to be distant from it, so to speak. If you can imagine, visualize the feeling and see it as a color. See it as a shape. Some people, for example, myself, I see it. I see different feelings as different expressions of water. A still, uh, peaceful, gentle lake, a, an ocean that's, uh, that's where there's a storm, where there's a hurricane, where it's rough waters. Depends on the feeling. The waters could be bluish, gray, uh, greenish. The waters could be grayish. You can hear. You can use your five senses Use your five senses in which we experience the physical world to experience your own feelings. I'm feeling afraid. What does that feel like for you? What does that look like? What is, do you hear something when you're afraid? Do you hear a minor chord, a major chord? Begin to cultivate, mamash, literally, what it is to gaze, lehistakel, b'tsurat hagesha whenever a person senses something the person must pay attention to sumatlev the person he believes must examine the sensation and the situation to understand the whole content of the message because the soul is messaging something to us so instead of running away or instead of subconsciously or reactively without even realizing it running away Stop, pause, for one moment, for one moment. Instead of, God forbid, a lost opportunity, a spiritual miscarriage, we actually can midwife and birth our own feelings into more fullness, where we then gain greater access, entry and encounter with our own soul. You might think that only fleeting and insignificant feelings, hagashot Katanot, pass unnoticed because of this lack of attention, Chosea Histaklut. Rather, complete mitzvot provide us with many opportunities to examine and be self aware. And I would like to um, highlight this that what the P.S.S. is uh, teaching here, he's not teaching to the halakhach, or the legal observance of the mitzvot. Here he sees each mitzvah as an opportunity to examine one's inner celestial being, one's inner core self of spirituality. Each mitzvah, actually helps connect us from the word in Aramaic, tzaftah, connect, in connecting us to our inner being, to the shekhinah, the divine presence within us. So I would encourage you, not only regardless of how you choose to observe halachachli the, or the mitzvot, begin to also appreciate a mitzvah as an opportunity. And yet... He believes, unfortunately, whole mitzvot pass in the same way they came. A person may feel something inside himself, in the middle of observing a mitzvah, but yet is unable to concentrate. Lehitrakez. Or the person finds it difficult to really describe and even know what he is feeling. Mahul magish. So the Pesachna asks, how is the sense, the sensation, the feeling, the hagasha of Yom Kippur different from Rosh Hashanah? What is unique about the emotional quality of Pesach, at the Seder, and the rest of the holy times? He's not asking how do we externally observe Rosh Hashanah compared to Yom Kippur or compared to the Lail Seder on Pesach. That he knows we know. But what is it I'm experiencing as I hear the Shofar being blown compared to when I'm sitting down and recounting the story of perhaps my own Yetziyat Mitzrayim, my own coming out of Egypt, and moving from a state of avdut, of enslavement, to freedom, chirut. How am I experiencing that differently than when I am in the middle of prayer, contemplative prayer, communal prayer, on Yom Kippur, during kol Nidre, or during Ila? So then he says in Savaziruz, ruz <clears throat> I'm sorry, in of Avraham, in chapter 4, new emotionality, Hitragshiyut, Chadashot, is not being requested from you, nor heavenly ecstasy. Why? For everything is already in you. Ki Hakob Emotionality is within you. Hitragshiyut b'cha. And you are indeed what he refers to, Ish Mit Ragesh you are a person of feeling. Sometimes that's translated as you are an emotional person. Indeed, he believes you are an emotional person. However, in English, in modern times, in our century, in the Western world, when we say or refer to a person as being an emotional person, that's usually not a compliment. And here he is already striving to help us understand that we are each one of us, he wants us to believe. He wants us to experience that each one of us isn't an, an ish mithra What he, what the difference between the two is, completely profound. When we define or we refer in everyday English in the modern. Western world that, oh, this person is an emotional person. It's exactly why we run away from this practice. What we mean to say most of the time, I'm not saying everyone all the time, is that this person is defined by their emotions and usually by negative emotions. The person is weak, the person is prone to yell, be angry, be unjust, be self-centered, like a time bomb waiting to explode. So in that case, the person <clears throat> is looked at unfavorably. It's, a, it's not a compliment. It's a criticism. What the then means, though, when he writes that you are indeed an emotional person, you are an Ishmitragesh, it's that you come into this world as a person who, who can feel... Every feeling that you're experiencing. You come into this world as a person who can be open to all of your feelings. He he says, he teaches you must strive only to know yourself. This is the work. And what is happening within you. Strive to be a person who gets to know you. Don't be concerned with whether the world defines me as being an emotional person or not. The PSSN, that's not even a concern for him. He believes the world as a whole. Surely his community in Poland, in BSS and in Warsaw was in desperate need of being given permission to be able to open up. And develop a levatoh, an open heart to be able to feel their own feelings, to get to know that deeper part of themselves. Lahakir. <speaking in Hebrew> Your soul is full of activities, Malaya Hit Paliot, cries and supplications. You must only give it a platform, a metzah, within yourself, <speaking in Hebrew> on which it can be revealed. <speaking in Hebrew> and strengthen the then you will know tada and feel the targish, the soul's emotions, simply as they are. We exhort you in the strongest terms, teach yourself to watch, to gaze, Limed et Atzmacha, Lehistakel, Chavra, Become each one of you. He chooses his words very carefully. Teach yourselves. I cannot teach you. You cannot teach me. All we can do and what we need to do is share our stories, is share our experiences so we can encourage each other, so we can support each other. But ultimately, I need to teach myself what it means, lehistakel. And each one of you needs... In his language, teach yourselves, invest in the practice. In general, become a person who seeks out God. Everywhere. Perhaps in your looking, you will actually uncover God's subtle presence, which is mistater, from the word lahastir, to be concealed. And then you can sense the holiness of God's glory. And when you seek him out, you will indeed find God. You will indeed find the creator. And where will you find God? He asks. Think about that. Where will you find God? In yourself. And then in everything around you. Now, if this is your goal, if this is your goal to find God within you and then in your you must clearly, consistently, and diligently distance yourself from rushing. Notice, as a pedagogue, he's also a brilliant pedagogue, he does not say, don't rush, in the negative. He says, lehitrachek, in the positive. Distance yourself from Mihirut. When you rush, you cannot work with the deliberation and contemplation, hitbonenut. Observe your inner states with a deep contemplation. Histakel hitbonen. If you do not develop this tool, of contemplation, of hitbonanut, you will be completely unaware of a multitude that transpires in your soul. Such experiences create, or can create, lasting impressions. In truth, however, The only tool you need for this work, and this is a tool in your spiritual toolbox, you're not becoming a different person. You're just using a tool. And what is the tool? It's attention. Muda'ut tesumat lev. What we call today mindfulness. This is already enough. Learn to slow down and examine every sensation that passes through you. By doing this, you are actually examining the very inner structures of the heavenly plan as it evolves and interfaces within your very existence. In Savaziruz, he teaches that the human soul actually loves to be emotional, loves to feel, and not just joy, Not only Simcha, rather it's simply Stam, loves to experience all of her sensations. She even desires Rotzeh, to be emotional with pain and crying, Etzev, Ub'chiyah. This explains why we all have this inner desire, as much as we may tend to deny it, to view terrible occurrences and to hear about calamities, catastrophes, and disasters, which cause us to cry, live, and even weep. What is that about? What is that about? Why do we have this piece of us that actually, and most of us actually try to deny it, but he believes it's part of the soul's need to express herself completely, completely feeling even that which causes sadness and grief is part of expressing that we are alive, sensitive and engaged, he believes, with real living. All of these feelings manifest, Hevra, to ourselves and to others, that we possess a soul, a soul that seeks expression at all times and beckons us to allow her this expression that in fact we are, each one of us, an ish mitragesh, isha mitrageshet. In fact, only a person who fulfills and honors mashlim, this spiritual law and need, chok v'tzarech ha by investing emotionality in their prayer, in their contemplative practice, in their Torah study, ensures that well-being and the health of, of one's soul. Shomenov show. This is not the case for one whose sacred practice is performed without emotionality. Below The soul then either seeks other cheap emotional experiences, even sinful ones, to fulfill this law, this need that she has, or she eventually becomes. God forbid, spiritually ill, machalat nefesh, due to the lack of an essential need of hers going unfulfilled. He concludes back in bnei machshava tova, <clears throat> this will already be enough hevah, to become a spiritual person, an ish ruach, and possessor of pure consciousness. Expanded consciousness. You develop the ability to work with a higher state of mind. Shi'it yitgale will be revealed within you machshava which allows you to directly experience spiritual, spirituality. Ruchaniyut, the spirituality within you, and then see the luminous presence of God filling the universe around you. Wow. To be able to see, to encounter in a visceral way, not only your own spiritual center, but the ruchaniyut of the world that we live in. There are a multitude of sensations and capacities. Chushim <laughs> In each of us, and we need to draw them out. into divine service. We need to we need to embrace God with every part of ourselves. My suggested spiritual practice is to do exactly this to begin with compassion, with softness, in a non forced way, striving to become more aware of your feelings within you. Become an observer, an explorer, and with curiosity, with sakonut, begin in the words of the PSS, to know yourself, kirotra, and what is happening within you. This is where you may very well encounter the divine presence within you as you walk with your inner spirit. Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. For more digital content or to listen to more of Vieska's podcasts, please visit elmod.pardes.org.